0: God wants to reach all nations with the gospel. Jesus has timelessly commissioned his church to go and make disciples.
1: Thank you. Why do you welcome the guys joining us online. Cambridge, let come put your hands together, say hi to those who are joining us up. Great to be with you. Cambridge, Leicester, Cluj in Romania, etc. Great to be with you today. I want to start today by asking you a, a question. I wonder what it is that makes you happy or that brings you joy. You know, I, th- I think we know at least two of Dave's. It's got to be Toby, his grandson, and Yeah, Man City, you got it, Man City. We love watching them win, don't we? Um, The the other, if we ask Josh, I think we know what Josh would say. Josh would say playing golf, or precisely beating Dave at golf. But actually, for me, I I tend to be something of an adrenaline junkie. So actually, things that make me joy are things like Yorkshire tea, watching cricket, doing jigsaw puzzles. I have my own aquarium. I know you're all slightly intimidated by that. I can, I can tell. Um, but recently, two, two new additions to our family have been giving me and Zia new measures of joy. So here, here's a photograph uh, of them. Yeah, they're not foxes. Okay, they are dogs. Uh, the one at the back is called Bodhi. He's an 11-year-old male. And the one at the front is called Aya. She's a five-year-old girl. Now, they've come to live with us. It's okay, they're married. Don't get worried about that. Um, And they give us a tremendous amount of joy. Now, for those of you who are not dog people, let me just show you a very short video of what happens for us when we come home. And hopefully that'll help you understand why dogs are more important than cats. Hello. Where's Teddy? Where's Teddy? get it? Dogs are better than cats, eh? Um, they bring us joy, they really do. But I tell you, there's another thing that brings me tremendous joy, and it's it's a giving day like today. I, I love days like today. Um, I'm as pumped today as an introvert is allowed to be. Kind of on the inside of me, there's much joy, even if you can't see it as much on the outside. Now, why is that? Well, it's because Hundreds of us, in fact, I guess probably thousands of us across many cities today are coming together, first of all, to say we love God. We love God so much, we're not gonna put anything else first and foremost in our lives. But also we're coming together to say we've heard the vision. We feel like we're in the vision and we come to give today in order to say we are in and we wanna give our time and we also wanna bring our treasure. And I love days like this. Now Paul writes this, he says, and he could have been talking about a giving day and he is talking about giving. He says this, let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. What's Paul saying? He's saying, don't come sad today. Don't come pressured. I hope you've heard. We don't believe in pressured giving. We believe in prepared, what's in the heart giving. And he says, come with joy. In other words, let's be a people of joyful generosity. Now, I do appreciate that there may be some of you who are listening today and you think, what are you on? Today, in a climate like we're in right now, to actually be coming of our own free will, to bring of our hard-earned cash, to give it, And I have to say, as a kind of raised in Yorkshire person, I think it's a valid question. How can you and I come to a day like today to say we're gonna be happy and we're gonna give generously? Now, because of that, I can, that kind of slight tension there might be for some of us, I wanna give us three reasons why we can give joyfully and we can give generously today. And there are three ways in which today there's a blessing that comes out of what we do. Hopefully, so when we come to that part of this, the, the service today, you will come forward with joy. Now, so the first one, the first blessing that comes out of joyful generosity is this. Joyful generosity blesses God. How many of you wanna put a smile on the face of God? Like the idea of make a blessing our Father. Well, there are lots of ways, aren't there, in which we bless God. We've been thinking over the last few weeks about what it is to be a radical disciple. Would you agree God is blessed when we seek Him in prayer? Would you you agree when we choose to obey him, he's blessed? When we choose to serve one another, when we seek to tell people about the life-changing power of Jesus, would you agree, God is blessed? But have you ever thought that actually God is equally blessed when you and I make wise choices about what we do with our finances, when we steward them well and what we're doing today is actually pleasing to him? Now, When when we have days like this, I I go back into a bit of reminiscing. Think back of all the amazing giving days that we've been involved in. Zio and I have been involved in giving days like this for for certainly 20 years or so. And I look back on them as massive highlights of our life as Christ followers. Um, One of the ones that stands out for me though is we were giving as a church, much smaller than we are now, we were giving for the purchase of this building I'm in now and the land that we're in. And I remember everyone coming forward to bring their offerings and I particularly remember the children. And my two children were in there, they were well under 10 at the time and they're bringing their little money boxes and they've put in there some of the pounds, some of the pennies, they've saved it up to bring it into the offering and they do it joyfully. Now, here's the truth between you and me. What was in that box actually belonged to me. (laughs) And they were actually giving out of our generosity. But I want to tell you, it did my heart good as a father to see my children beginning to learn about what it means to be generous and about how to steward because everything they have had come from us in a sense, but actually everything we have has come from God. Let let me nail that today. Yeah, come on. Everything you and I have ultimately comes from God the Father himself. And actually what we do today is we're saying, God, thank you. It's all come from you. So you and I, we're not owners of anything. We're actually stewards of the good things that he's put into our lives. And yes, he gives us portions of it to Pay for our bills and get food, etc. But also, it does his heart good when we say we want to give away to bless other people. Listen to this. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 8, and just catch the heart of these people here. It says, fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches. These are churches in Macedonia, pushing them to the very limit. The trial exposed their true colors. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected, an outpouring of pure and generous gifts. They gave offerings of whatever they could. Now, how many of you think that must have blessed the heart of God to see that desire to give? Now, but I want you to notice that what blesses God, it's not actually about the physical amount, it's actually about the heart of the person coming to give. And you you, you may be someone today who thinks, I don't know if I can give or what I can give is so small. Well, well, that's not the issue. It's come joyfully. And as Paul says here, come and bring what you can. Now, for those of you who say, well, I'm not there yet. And here is the truth. I don't think there are many people who become Christians and immediately want to give joyfully and generously. God takes us on a journey over time. And if you're not there yet, it's okay. Particularly if you're new to faith or you're just searching out Christianity. Christianity. But let me give you a very quick breakdown of the journey God takes us into generosity. I believe there are four main steps. Step one is get right with God. Start a relationship with the one who is outrageously generous and invite him to start changing your heart, which he will do. Second, don't stop there. Second step is... Recognize everything you have comes from God and say, God, would you help me use well of every resource that you have placed into my hand? Thank you, it all comes from you. Let me steward it well. But don't stay there. There's a third step. Third step, start tithing. Tithing, for those of you who aren't aware of it, means bring the first 10% of everything God gives you return it back to him, because it's his anyway, into the local church. Now that's new to you. Please check out our website. There's extra teaching there. But don't stop at tithing, because that's what today is about. Today is about generosity, which biblically is over and above the tithe. And you you come joyfully because you realise when you start doing offerings, you can't outgive God. Do you know what we do today? It's actually an act of worship. It's not really about... Pounds and pence. It kind of is. It's really about an act of worship. When you come later to give, what you're really saying, first and foremost, is Jesus is number one in my life. He is my primary source of joy. I love him more than I want stuff. First and foremost. But second, you're doing it as an act of worship, of saying, King Jesus... Be number one in my life and my greatest joy is to serve you and to follow you. And it's a declaration of trust. I know there are some people who are giving today. You are giving sacrificially and life at the moment is very challenging for you. But what you're doing is you're making a declaration that says, God, I trust you. That even as we give, you will return back to us everything that we need. Isn't it a wonder, it's not surprising, is it, that when you see it like that, joyful generosity blesses God. Secondly, joyful generosity not just blesses God, it also blesses others. And Paul's clear in in his chapter here that the most obvious outcome of the giving of the church at Corinth and also Macedonia is other people are gonna be blessed. Chapter nine, verse 12, he says, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. Now you can miss some of the complexity of this. When you hear that word Jerusalem, you might be thinking, oh well Jerusalem's just around the corner from the people who are going to be giving. Not so. Jerusalem is roughly 800 plus miles as the crow or the penguin, as I said in first service. Do penguins fly? As the penguin swims. Uh, anyway, it's a long way is my point from Corinth and Macedonia to Jerusalem and still the believers in Corinth and Macedonia are saying we want to give to their need because here's the thing, when you and I become a Christian, not only do you get into a relationship with a wonderful father who's for us and on our side, but you become part of a family where God does something on the inside of our heart that says if, if you've got a need and I can meet it, I want to do it because we're part of a church family. Uh, Rick Warren puts it like this. He says, real fellowship is so much more than just showing up at services. It is experiencing life together. It includes unselfish loving, honest sharing, practical serving, and here we have it, sacrificial giving, sympathetic comforting, and all the other one another commands in the New Testament. I wonder if it sounds familiar. Giving to the needs of people who you may never see or meet. I'm thrilled that a a portion of what we give today is going to go into what we call our body needs fund, which is specifically set aside for anybody within our church family who's struggling in this season. Don't you love the thought there are some people in our church family who are going to get through this season really well because of your generous giving. Isn't that good to know? But actually it it goes beyond there. We're not just giving to meet need within our local church family, spread as it is. We're also giving to meet need beyond us to the wider body of Christ. Uh, I I don't know if you're aware, but 10% of everything that we receive goes into what we call our mission fund. And out of that mission fund, we're able to respond to crises, but also we give as generously, generously as we can to various mission partners in other parts of the world, like Bulembu, Uh, like Compassion, but we also give to an organisation called Heart for Lebanon, who are doing an amazing job in the Middle East, obviously rooted in Lebanon. Now, most of you may never meet the people there, you may never even see what's going on, but we can actually show you by video. Uh, So we're going to watch a short video that looks back on 2022, shows you some of what our giving went to, and you can think as we give this year, this is the sort of thing that we're giving into. So Let's watch this.
0: Dear friends of Heart for Lebanon, and generous investors in this amazing ministry. This time last year, 1,800 families were added to our family care initiatives. In addition, we were able to triple the student numbers in our non-formal educational program in southern Lebanon, as well as in the Bekaa Valley. God has been so generous with Heart for Lebanon that we were also able to multiply threefold the student participants in our Hope on Wheels ministry. It's vitally important to meet people's needs, but what is more important than all of that, is that they would know that we come in the name of Jesus Christ. This only happens as we build these trustworthy relationships between the refugee families, the local Lebanese families that we serve, and our Heart for Lebanon team. Giving them the opportunity to ask this one question, why do you care? What do you want in return? And we want one thing, is that they know we come in the name of Jesus Christ. And that the compassionate heart that drives us is Christ's compassionate heart. Whether they're Lebanese or Syrians, whether they are from traditional Christian background or whether they are from a Muslim background, it doesn't matter who they were before Christ. What matters is who they are in Christ. What matters is that many of these new individuals, many of those families have openly declared Him as their personal Savior. They have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord over their lives and the lives of their families. Thank you for your generous contributions. Thank you for coming alongside Heart for Lebanon to lead people from despair to hope. Thank you for choosing to be Christ's compassionate heart among those who are suffering the most together we celebrate that we have an amazing god we follow and we are able to introduce him to individuals here in lebanon because of god's goodness and your generosity god bless
1: Uh, I don't know about you, but when I watch a video like that, I think, God, thank you that we get to do this. Not that we have to do it, but we get to do it. But actually, you know that there's more about our, our giving this year. I don't know, I'm sure you've picked up that the primary purpose of why we're bringing these offerings today is in order to contribute towards the paying off of the mortgage on this building that I'm in right now. Now, Why would we be excited about that? Well, because when you pay off a big debt, two main things happen. Number one, there's a release of joy. And if you ever paid off like a credit card or a debt somewhere, there's just something on the inside that says, I am free from something. And this stuff, these buildings, these bricks, they belong to us. I really believe this year, God willing, as the debt gets paid off, there's gonna be a release of supernatural joy in the house of Kingsgate. But actually, second, it's more than that. You know, when you pay off a debt, it releases resources into the rest, not just of Peterborough, but into the whole church family. Now, I don't know about you. At times, I do a little bit of dreaming. And I think, what what can happen as we get rid of paying that debt and we release extra resource into the church family? How many more lives can we see transformed in these coming years? That's so exciting, isn't it? You think if I was still in Cambridge, I'd be like, well, I am still hoping for this. A building in Cambridge, an actual physical location in that great city. I'm believing of seeing many years from now, people who don't yet know Jesus, giving their lives to Jesus and getting baptised in this baptistry right below my feet here. You know, you, you think of this building here, I believe many years from now, kids are still going to be meeting Jesus in the rooms out there, and they're going to be learning how to follow Jesus in whatever society throwing at them right now. And Simon Ben, a bearded, grizzled, wrinkled Simon Bren, is going to be still on this stage, bouncing around like someone with a Duracell battery inning, saying, Come on, let's worship the king. Yeah. Hope so, anyway. Joyful generosity, blesses God, it blesses others. And third, most counterintuitive, it actually blesses us. Do you know, this feels like contrary to the way our, our minds normally work. And I wonder if you'd agree that we live in a society where generally speaking, the message is look after number one. Well, some of you may be aware, I, I grew up in God's own county of Yorkshire where tea grows abundantly all around and tastes amazing. Um, And one of the proverbs I learned by heart when I was growing up was this. Don't worry, there will be a translation. Hear all, see all, say now. Eat all, drink all, pay now. If there ever is out for now, always do it for this end. (laughs) Translation. Eat and drink anything and, and everything other people put in front of you, but keep your money in your pocket. And never... Ever do anything for anyone for free unless it's for yourself. Listen to these words then from the book of Proverbs. By contrast, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, those who help others are helped. In other words, if you want to experience the abundant life that Jesus has for you, be generous, because this is the way the kingdom works. We, would you agree? We're radical disciples. We no longer live under the kingdom of Yorkshire. We live under the kingdom of the king, the king of kings. We live under different values, different ways, different economy. Works differently from the way of the world. And actually, you might be thinking, well, like when I come to give, I'm giving my money away. Paul would say, no, don't think like that. Think like a farmer. But actually when you come to give, it's like a seed that you are sowing from which there will be a harvest. He writes this, he says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And he's talking here about finance. Now, just for a minute, I want to do some kingdom maths with you. I'm going to give you a quick first question. Don't overthink it. It's really simple. But shout out the answer. Two plus five equals... Yeah, it's not a trick. Two plus five equals seven, unless you add something or someone else into the equation. And when you add that someone else into the equation, it becomes two plus five equals 5,000, remainder 12. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the miracle. (laughs) Oh, you were quicker than the first service. Well done. I'm talking about the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 where the disciples bring to Jesus. He's got a crowd. The, the, the gospels say 5,000. We know extrapolate out. It's probably at least 15,000 people. And Jesus has, is given two fish and five loaves and every single person gets fed. Now, is that because they were massive fish and huge loaves of bread? No, it's because when you take, this is a lad's pack up. When you put it in the hands of Jesus, something miraculous can happen. He can take. So for those of you who don't know this story, this lad gives his two, I always get the fish in the The two fish, his kippers. And his loaves, he gives them to Jesus and the hands of Jesus, they get multiplied. And 15,000 people have a meal and there's 12 baskets left over. I hope there was a spare one for the lad who'd given up his lunch as well. When you put it in Jesus' hands, something happens. Here's the promise. And this is back to Corinthians. Paul says, when you give, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Now he, who's he? He's Jesus. We're talking about God, the creator, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. Here's the promise. He will supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. What a great promise. Well, what's Jesus' promise today? That as you bring your offering to Him, He's saying, I wanna bless you in return. And what, is it? what does Paul say here? He says it's material provision, bread for eating and seed for sowing. What he means about that is he's gonna ensure as you give to him, as you give wisely to him, he will return back to you. He's a good father. He can, he can multiply your provision. I don't know how he'll do it. For me and Zia, it's never been an envelope with cash. It's always been just working promotions, working hard, working wisely, but God has fulfilled and continues to fulfill that promise in our life. And I believe he wants to do it in your life. And I'm looking forward to hearing testimonies of what God has done in this season as you give generously. But you see the promise is wider than just material blessing. Did you notice? Paul says there'll be a harvest of righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way. There is something supernatural, spiritual that happens when we give. It's not just about the material stuff. Something happens in the supernatural, spiritual realm. You can't define it. You can't play say X plus Y equals Z, but it's real and it's life-giving. I, I, I don't think it's any coincidence. We give today and we start next week a prayer meeting of saying, God, what do you want to do? Open the heavens The windows of heavens over our lives, over this city. God, come and do it. Because giving—it's not just material; it's spiritual. It's an act of worship, and it does something in the heavenly realms. I am pumped. I told you I was. Sorry, as I bring this to a close, I want to just say—you know—as we come in a few moments, Dave is going to lead us in um, time of prayer and bringing our offerings to the Lord. I want to say, don't bring it and put it in a tray spiritually speaking, yeah, do put it in a tray. But as you do, think I'm putting it in the hands of Jesus, that he's present here. And and hear his smile. Hear him going, well done, son, well done, daughter. Some of you, I just feel the Father's heart for you, that as you come and give sacrificially, he's he's weeping for joy over your sacrificial surrender because of what it says about your heart for Jesus. So here is well done, see his smile. But also come with an expectation that what you give is gonna meet needs in this family and out to other places. And then ask him, maybe you've got very particular material needs. As you bring your offering, say, God, would you open the windows of heaven wider over our lives? I'm expecting more bread for eating and more seed for sowing. Just wanna, before I hand over to Dave, I wonder if you wouldn't mind just closing your eyes, bowing your heads just for a moment. I said earlier, the first step on a journey into this life of generosity is opening our lives to God and saying, God, come in and change my heart. What I'm gonna do in a moment, if you have never given your life to Jesus, wherever you are, I'm gonna invite you to share a prayer with me as your way of opening your heart to Jesus. So now, without with eyes closed, if you wouldn't mind. If that's you, you want to start a journey with Jesus, just lift your hand so I can see, then I can pray with you and for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Any any more? Don't miss this moment. If that's, you've sent God knocking the door of your heart, just lift your hand to him. Say, yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to, number of hands going up. Just wondering if we could all join in with this. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer, phrase at a time. Just repeat this after me, but make this your prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. Please forgive me for everything I have done wrong. Come into my life today. Heal my heart Take first place and fill me with your Holy Spirit in your name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with me for the first time, uh, Karen at the end of the service, she'll give you instructions for what to do next. But let's just honour the Lord and thank him for his goodness to us as Dave comes to lead us.